Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Welcome to Heme Consults. I am your host, Toyasi Anwemena, hematologist, physician scientist, and educator. Today's episode... We are continuing in the series that we began last week, talking about how to become a woman of color in hematology. And today's episode is focused on how to become a woman of color, specifically focused on the color aspect. And I know you're like, wait a minute, there's no such thing. You already are or you're not. And I'm going to tell you that uh, there's a process to becoming a woman of color. And I'll share that with you in just a few minutes. First of all, I want to start by saying, oh, woman of color in hematology, you are worthy of respect. You are worthy of respect. You are inherently worthy of respect. Just because you are a person living and breathing on this earth, you're worthy of respect. No, you don't have to have read the article. You don't have to have done the presentation, published the paper, gotten the grant yet. No. You're not worthy of respect after you've done all those things. You're worthy of respect now, before you've done any of those things, before you've published, before you've presented, before you've written the article. You're worthy of respect right this moment. And no, you don't have to wait till you graduate medical school or until you finish residency or until you finish fellowship, until you stop being a junior attending. You're worthy of respect right now in this moment. And in any space that you enter where people are not treating you with respect, it's not because you're not worthy of respect. It's because there's something wrong with the way that person understands and experiences the world. There is nothing wrong with you. There's only something wrong with them. This is important for me to share with you. You are worthy of respect inherently as a person having done nothing. And you're not even someone who's done nothing. Oh my goodness. You know what it's cost you to be here? You know what it's cost you just to show up in this establishment called medicine? You know what it cost you to be able to go to medical school? You know what it cost you to do all those residency interviews when we were traveling for residency interviews? You know what it's cost you just to show up as a fellow? You know what it costs you to show up every morning with your hair well done? Wow. (laughs) Like when I list all the things that you do just to show up in the space, you are clearly someone who's like doing things, doing great things. So yeah, you're worthy of respect because you've done so many things, but no. You're just worthy of respect because of who you are. Everything you've done is like, Icing on the cake. You've done extra. But just by being alive, by just showing up every day, you deserve respect. 
And I know that there are spaces where people treat you as if you don't until you have. Yeah, after you've after you've completed, after you've passed your exams, I'll treat you with respect. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Even if you haven't passed your exams, you are still worthy of respect. And so I just want to start this episode by saying I respect you. I respect you because, number one, you're worthy of respect without having done anything. Number two, I know the sacrifices that you have made just to be here in this space. I know because the sacrifices you have made are the sacrifices I have made or I have seen others make. When I was applying to medical school, I couldn't afford the flight to my first medical school interview. And uh, after I paid it, I was going into Christmas and I was completely broke. And I just cried. I cried. I should have been happy that, hey, I could pay this to, to, to fly. But instead, I was just crying because I knew that I was heading into a season of the holidays and I had no money. But this is not about me. I just know that because of my story, because of the stories that I hear around me, I know what it costs for you to be here. I have experienced it, some of it. I don't fully know what price you pay, but I know that if you're here in this space, you've paid some prices. You've endured some abuse. You've endured from some name calling. You've endured times of like wondering who you are and whether you're even supposed to be here, whether you even know anything, whether you're even smart. You've endured stuff that other people haven't had to endure. So to be honest, the kinds of things you do, I salute you because wow, wow. But I say all that again to say that it doesn't even matter what you've done. It just matters who you are. And who you are is somebody worthy of respect. And I, I respect you. And I hope that you would grow the spaces in which people respect, where people show you honor and respect. And diminish the spaces where people don't show it to you, even when they promise you the gold and the silver of published papers and grants. I don't care what they promise you. Don't accept any spaces in which you are not treated with respect. Don't accept it. Just don't. Decide in your mind that you're no longer accepting spaces in which you are not treated with respect because you are worthy of respect and honor and celebration. And I respect you. I honor you. And I celebrate you. Let's talk now about how to become a woman of color. Now, see, I was not always a woman of color. And I know, you're like, wait a minute, Tayosi, we know you, we see you. Clearly, you were born this way. <laughs> okay, okay, hear me out. I was born in Nigeria, a majority Black country on the West Coast of Africa. Why is that relevant? It is relevant because I was born when I was growing up in the 80s, everybody looked like me. They did. My family looked exactly like me. My um, teachers looked like me. People in government looked like me. I turned on the TV and there were people who looked like me. Everywhere I went, people looked like me. And honestly, I never thought twice about the color of my skin. Sometimes people would tell me, oh, Tracy Black is beautiful. 
because I was, you know, I, I was quite dark relative to the people around me. But, you know, I just didn't think very much about the color of my skin. <laughs> Interestingly, my father was a diplomat, so we traveled internationally. And I went to school in England. I went to elementary school in England and London specifically. And uh, I had some experiences on the playground that, you know, and looking back, must have been as a result of the color of my skin, but I was pretty oblivious. I'll tell you an example. I came home one day and I don't remember, I have no recollection of something that happened on the playground that really made me upset because I really didn't share very much with my mother growing up as an elementary school student, but this really bothered me. Like I just didn't share things from school because school was mostly fine, but this thing really bothered me. And I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I remember when I told my mother, this is what she told me, true story. Mom said, Next time these kids come, yell racists and run. <laughs> so my mother told me, you know, I didn't understand what racist meant at the time. I had no idea. But I also knew I wasn't going to say that. Mm -mm. I was like, no, mama, mm -mm, this is why I tell you nothing. <laughs> so clearly, as a child, I had experiences regarding and surrounding the color of my skin that I just... I just actually was still kind of oblivious because for the most part, my experience was that most people looked like me and yeah, we may travel internationally, but just my worldview was different. Okay. Fast forward to the year 1999 when I moved to the United States for college and um, all of a sudden people kind of were, I mean, first of all, there were people who didn't look like me, clearly a lot of people who didn't look like me. And then all of a sudden, the color of my skin was really important. It came into full profile. Every form I filled out, it was like, oh, JOC, um, what is your race? Okay. Uh, and this is relevant for college because mm, I don't know. JOC, you need this form for the visa. Mm, you fill out the color of your race. And, I, and this is relevant because, right? It just, all of a sudden, it became... <laughs> make it very clear, right? And you're like, Tayosi, really? Was that all? Was that the only thing that helped you recognize that race was an issue in the United States? I'm just saying that a lot of things started coming into relief that I had never really thought about. I'd never really imagined. So, so I'll tell you, fast forward to this conversation where we're in a class and we're having a conversation and I, I forget what it was, but we started getting into a conversation about being Black. One of my colleagues, Aisha, God bless Aisha. Aisha, I love you. Thank you for always holding me accountable. Aisha, Aisha was like, well, you know, and you're black. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. I, I didn't used to be black. And that's what I said. I really did say this. Honest to goodness. Don't judge me. I really did say, I said, I said I'm not black. And she's like, what do you mean you're not black? I'm like, I didn't used to be. What do you mean you didn't used to be black? And Aisha was mad at me. I don't get it. And you should be mad at me. Then maybe, I don't know. You should never be mad at me, but if you want to be, that's okay. But I just, and I was trying to explain to her, I was like, I, I just didn't grow up with an awareness of being a person of color until I moved to the United States. That's where my story ends. And here are the lessons that I think I want to bring out of that story. Oh, what I didn't say at the beginning was that this, uh, this actually theme comes from Genesis chapter 12. Um, and I remember that because of the lessons I'm about to share. Lesson number one was that you actually don't become a person of color until you leave the people who look like you. You don't. Because until you encounter people who look differently from you, you don't consider color. And I would say that in hematology, 
it's the same thing. Until you leave the safe spaces, say from the perspective of your color, the safe spaces of people who look like you, walk like you, talk like you, you haven't yet become a woman of color. I think lesson number two is that until, I mean, first of all, you got to leave. Step number two is that you've got to enter into the spaces where there are people who look different from you. Step number one, you got to leave. Step number two, you have to enter into a space where there are people who are different from you. You know you've entered into the space when people start looking at you funny. When people start looking at you like, are you supposed to be here? <laughs> are people like you allowed in this room? Yeah, that's when you know. Until people start looking at you funny, until they, until they start asking why you showed up, until they're asking you, like, are you sure you're, you're not looking for the room down the door <laughs> recently at work? I was trying to walk through the door and someone's like, this door is for employees only. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Until people start asking you questions like that. Are you supposed to be here? Are you an employee in this building? The janitorial staff go that way. Whatever it is. Until you enter into the spaces where people start to question who you are, you have not become a woman of color. <laughs> lesson number three is that you don't become a woman of color until you accept that you're a woman of color. And so now if you ask me, are you black? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> I tell you, I'm not a person of labels. I don't, I don't receive labels well. And so I'm just using that as an illustration, not because I've decided that that's who I am, but I'm just saying that now when people say, are you a woman of color? I say, I am, I am, because I've accepted that I am. I didn't used to be until I accepted it. And I could have, I could have still not. And this is what's interesting because, because obviously I'm being philosophical and met metaphorical here, but what I'm saying is that it doesn't become relevant until you leave, leave until you enter and then until you accept. Because once you accept, and here's the key to accepting. The moment you accept that you are a woman of color, the moment you accept that you are a black woman, the moment you accept that you are a brown-skinned woman, whatever it is, whatever name you identify with, the moment you accept that, then you can start to walk in it. And that's the space that's liberating and freeing and was liberating and freeing for me. Because you know what? Until I accepted that I was a woman of color, I was living in a resistance. Oof. A lot of energy that goes into living in resistance. I was like, no, I'm not a woman of color. I didn't used to be. Nobody used to call me a woman of color. Um, I must not be. Um, and then people would be like, yeah, whatever. And then I would still, you know, I would still be in these spaces where people would be asking me questions and treating me weirdly. And I'd be like, no, it's not because I'm, I'm a woman of color, because I'm not. Eh. Eh. There's a lot of energy that goes into fighting the things that we should just accept. But the moment... The moment I accepted that I am a woman of color, the moment I accepted that I was free, I was free to live, walk, breathe, and talk as a woman of color. I was free to experience what it meant, the beauty actually, really, and the joy of being a woman of color. I was free to own it, to own my power, right? To own 
to own the power of that space. And you're like, what kind of power? There's power in the space of being a woman of color. What is some of the power that I refer to? Like when I walk through the hospital, like some of the staff members who see me stop and they say, thank you for being here. They do. Because you know what? The work that I do resonates with them. I wear my white coat and I walk through the hospital and people identify with me. They don't even know who I am. They identify with me and they encourage me. My grandmothers at work, I have so many. They just identify with me just by the color of my skin. And because I'm no longer in the space of resistance, I celebrate and I enjoy that. And so those are the three steps to becoming a woman of color. Number one, you got to leave. If you don't leave the safe environment, it doesn't matter. Your woman of color, your woman of colorhood makes no, makes no sense. Your, your colorhood is not relevant, right? Not relevant until you leave. Still not relevant until you enter. <laughs> and you got to go. You got to go to those hard spaces. You got to go to those spaces where there are people who don't look like you. It is difficult to make an impact until you enter. And yes, it's hard. And yeah, they're microaggressions. And yeah, they treat you with disrespect. But you got to go. You got to go. And here's the thing. You come from a space where there are people who support you. So the spaces that you left are still your spaces of support. But you do have to enter into the spaces, into the spaces where you really become a woman of color because, wow, there are clearly people who don't look like you there. And then you got to accept it. You got to accept the gift of it and the challenges of it. And you got to celebrate it because being a woman of color is something to be celebrated. And you know what? Even if you won't celebrate yourself, other people celebrate you. I celebrate you. And I bet there are many people at your hospital who are just happy that you're there. They're just like, wow, there's a woman of color <laughs> in hematology. And they're excited about it. So I encourage you, if you are like me, confused, not sure, I just encourage you to step into it. It doesn't matter where you came from. It just matters where, it just matters where you are right now. Where you came from doesn't matter. Where you are is what is relevant. So what is my call to action? My call to action is that you would have the courage to leave, to leave the people around you, the spaces that are super safe. It's okay. You get to go back and be rejuvenated and be encouraged. So you're not leaving forever, but it's okay to leave. And it, it is also okay to enter into the spaces where there are people who don't look like you, even when you don't feel adequate. It's okay. Because who you are is worthy of respect no matter what space you work in. And then it's okay to accept who you are, the challenges and the gifts that come with that space. Because until you accept that you're a woman of color, then you're not. And becoming a woman of color really depends on your accepting it and then using it for good. <laughs> Don't let your woman of colorhood colorhood go to waste don't let it go to waste use it for good use it for good and you know i don't have to tell you how to use your color for good i don't you know and i encourage you to use it for good and you know what come tell me come tell me how you use your colorhood for good come tell me i want to hear about it 
All right. We've come to the end of this episode. I just want to encourage you again that you're worthy of respect, oh woman of color. <laughs> Next time, we'll talk about what it means to be a woman of color in hematology with the emphasis on hematology. As you go forward in this week, have a fantastic week. You know what? Walk as someone who is inherently worthy of respect. Don't wait until they show you respect. You show yourself respect. <laughs> you know what to do. Show yourself the respect that you deserve. Show yourself the respect that you deserve because you are worthy of respect, worthy of honor, and worthy to be celebrated. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. Let's continue the conversation at coagcoach.com. Have a great week.